Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, on this program this morning, the Chief Constable, Simon Byrne, has indeed told Boris Johnson that the PSNI will not police any customs checkpoints on the border after Brexit. Will he be able to follow through on that or not? Um, let me speak to Alison Morris uh, from the Irish News Security Correspondent. Uh, Alison, good morning. Good morning. I presume the... Demands on the police are quite great as we go towards this momentous date whenever it actually happens. And one of the things we have to keep in mind is that the police must police the country, but must they patrol the border or do they only have to investigate after an incident happens, if it does happen, on the border? So technically the, the duty of court for the border would be border force and border force would be the people who police borders regardless of whether they're sea borders or whether you're entering into the UK or entering into Northern Ireland. So that would have been traditionally done by border force and obviously because we have an invisible border at the moment, there would be very few border force employees even employed in Northern Ireland. Then what you have to have, you have to look at is what will happen after Brexit. So if we were to take the plan that Boris Johnson put forward this week, although, you know, we're pretty sure that's not going to be what's happened, but let's assume that was, he was talking about checks that would be taking place in random places away from the border, so maybe five or ten miles away, maybe mobile customs checks that would be set up and just like satellites, customs checks and then move on. All of those things, whether it's a building or a structure or whether it's a mobile customs checkpoint, those things would become targets. And while it's not the police job to collect tariffs or to check, the, or as I've said, to police the border as that's border force, what they do have a duty to occur is, is to protect the lives of people who are working in those positions. So I have had this conversation with numerous senior police officers I've interviewed in the years since we've had the referendum, and they've all said the same thing. While they're reluctant to do it, they know that should there be borders placed anywhere, regardless of where they're placed um, after Brexit, they would end up getting drawn into a situation where they were having to provide protection for the people who are doing those jobs. So while um, the Chief Constable said he won't be policing the border, he won't. It's not the PSNS job to police the border. But if you had uh, civilian workers working in a, a customs, say collecting tariffs or checking lorries, and those people were at risk, then it would become the PSNS job to protect the lives of those, those staff. So it's almost a guarantee that if those checks are put in place, whether the threats are carried out or not, the threats will be put in place against those workers. Uh, The police are either going to have to go and protect them or the police are going to have to react to them being 
attacked. And at some point, the police could be permanently in the vicinity of the border. Is, is, is that is is that not a like a, a scaremongering tactic that we're we're bringing to the air at, at the moment? It's the situation is we don't actually know. So we don't know what the border is going to look like, or we don't know where these checks are going to, going to take place. So the plan, as it stands at the minute, is that. Um, Northern Ireland will leave Customs Union, but we'll stay in the single market in terms of uh, goods such as agri-foods and, and livestock and those sort of things. So there would still need to be limited checks and there would still need to be customs checks and they have to take place somewhere. So some of those checks, as we've been told, are going to take place in the, the sea, if you like, at ports. But then other checks will have to take place between um, the, the border and each side of Ireland. It just doesn't say where those checks would have to take place. So we know, and I think we spoke about this before, that right after Brexit there was three places stations that were quite close to the border which were for sale and one of the sales had already was an advanced stage um, and they were withdrawn from the market and the plan that the thought always was that that was a contingency plan that if they needed to they could set up customs checks there which in buildings which have already been fortified because their previous use was the PSNI stations during the troubles but those buildings would immediately become a target as well and is that like not fit it's just not fit for purpose to have a place where something as benign as a, a customs check becomes um, um, have to be taken place in a heavily fortified structure surrounded, you know, an armed police. And none of this is ideal. None of this is what any of us wanted. Um, but as time goes on, we can see that the options are very limited. So while people have told us that there are technological solutions to the border and these things can't take place without any actual person having to do it, we now know when we get down to the nitty gritty of these negotiations, that's just simply not true, that there will have to be some customs checks. We just don't know where they're going to be. The, the problem for the police is that none of this is a police matter. This is all to do with, you know, if we're talking about agri-foods or even sanitation projects, that's all to do with environment agencies, checking, collecting tariffs is to do with, with um, revenue and customs, policing the borders, to do with border force. They're the people who check whether people are illegally crossing borders or whether goods are illegally crossing borders. But all of those people become after Brexit. They are not armed forces and all of those people become after Brexit targets and we know that and it's it's just a fact of life. If you live here in Northern Ireland that we know that the distance have been actively recruiting, they've been using Brexit as some sort of recruiting sergeant to draw young people into their ranks. The fact that you're going to have something that's an actual visible, uh, a, a visual target for them, something that is static and something that is there and something that they will use to say this is a, you know, a, a manifestation of British rule, this is occupation in our, our land, there it is, and that's a target. And the people who work there, the people who are doing their job, collecting those tariffs or checking goods for safety, those people become a target and the PSNI are duty-bound to protect the lives of any citizen who lives here. So while the Chief Constable has said he won't police the border, there is a chance, and I know that there is a contingency plan for this, and I know police have planned for it because they've had to plan for all eventualities, where they will have to protect the people whose job it is to look after the border. And that's the situation that we're going to be in, and that's unavoidable in terms of Brexit because it just is because we have a land border and we're going to have the only land border with the, with the EU after Brexit, and somebody is going to have to police it in terms of smuggling. Once you start talking about crimes being committed, well, then that is a PSNI matter, and the PSNI will have to deal with that as well. So while he while he's saying on one hand he won't police it, there is policing duties and activities which will have to take place along it. Does that include bringing in police from overseas? Does that include considering the deployment of the, the Scottish police or English police forces on the Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland border? 
we've always had mutual assistance officers um, who have been there as a plan the PSNI can call on and we know that because we've had that in in Woodville one year during during uh, parade disputes up there. I remember starting talking to the officers who were who were policing up there for mutual assistance officers and then we had it during the G8 as well where officers were brought in and, and weren't needed, basically sat around for, for a few days. So there is always that option to bring them in but that would be a last case scenario that would be you know almost a state of emergency type situation where there had been major conflict um, and the PSNI just didn't have the numbers to place it at this point in time we know the Chief Constable Jack's asking for like it's 400 extra officers to help with the situation after Brexit so on one hand while we've been told that none of this will matter it'll not cause any difference to all our lives it's all just project fear and scaremongering you know in the background there have been plans being made for what, what the situation will be after Brexit and none of them are, are very pleasant when you listen to the nitty gritty of them because what they will do is they'll just disrupt, disrupt this place in a way that it hasn't been in, in you know almost 20 years One final point Alison would border posts or a border presence in the Republic of Ireland be a target of any sort? See, the situation is, and I've heard this before, but why would it be in the Republic? It's just, I mean, I know that Leif Ragdor said this and it is worth noting because I know from Arlene Foster's comments today, she's saying that the Dublin government are, are stopping any deal. Ireland didn't vote for Brexit and, and Ireland don't want Brexit and Ireland have said they will uphold their part of the Good Friday Agreement as joint signatories of it and therefore I can't see why they would. Now, the EU could demand, if Northern, if you know the British government just say, well, we're just not going to police Northern Ireland, we're not going to collect tariffs, we're not going to do any of those things placed upon us, there you go, it's your job to do it. Well then, I'm not sure how the, the Southern Government would react because the EU would have to dictate to make sure that unsafe goods weren't coming into coming into the EU market. Um, there hasn't been a history of late of attacks in the South. I think it would be a, a move away from, from what the dissidents are currently doing for them to start. But there is, can I just say, if you look at what happened in Fermanagh with a bomb at, at Wattlebridge not long ago, and even if you talk about the kidnapping with the um, Kevin Lunny, there are dissidents who are active on both sides of that border and always helping. Some of them are of an age. They're of a vintage. They're people who may have been involved in the provisional area at that time or they're people who have more recently become involved in dissident activity mainly because it's a, it's a revenue source in terms of, of smuggling and all of those sort of things. Um, but those people do exist, albeit in very small numbers along there. So I wouldn't want to predict what would happen, but I mean, there is a capability that people who were carrying any sort of border checks in the site could also find themselves becoming targets. Okay, Alison, uh, thank you very much indeed. Alison Morris, who's the security correspondent with the Irish News. Uh, listening to all of that, uh, Eamon Malley. Eamon, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Eamon, what do you make of... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This latest announcement that the chief constable seems to be in a very difficult uh, position with regards to policing the border. Well, I listened very, very carefully to everything that he said. Uh, he said the following. 
He said that he will not, he will not have his officers side by side with customs officers or anybody involved in checking products or the movement of products. They will not, he said, if you go back uh, maybe 15, 20 years, you will recall that the UDR were always accompanied after the Anglage Agreement, or at least they were supposed to be accompanied by police officers. Uh, but what he is very specifically saying is his officers will not uh, be side by side with anybody engaging in uh, the business of checking movement of products. He will, however, be obliged in the eventuality of any incident, any attack on any worker involved in customs. He will be involved in investigation uh, or investigating that incident. Or if they had intelligence in advance of something that was going to happen, yes, I think he would be duty bound, he's a duty of care to work to interrupt and intercept such a potential attack. But that's where it starts and that's where it finishes. And that's what he has made very, very clear. He sought legal advice and it is not in the ambit of the remit of the police to accompany customs officers in the new situation. That's what he has said. And what happens if a, custom of, a customs officer is attacked or, 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 Lord forbid, worse than that? And a customs officer or officers are the headline story in the news because of an attack from dissident Republicans. At, at, at what point do the police then intervene to ensure that there are armed guards for those customs officers? Well, effectively, once that happens, Frank, uh, the PLSI, PSNI is going to be in the firing line because the, the allegation, the charge will be from unionist politicians that the, P, that the PSNI advocated that they hadn't sufficient intelligence, they hadn't sufficient presence to interrupt such an attack. That's the way it's going to go. So it's going to unravel so, so quickly. But uh, in terms of this uh, customs business, I've been trying to dig a little more deeply, Frank, into what is going on. Now, in that correspondence to Europe, Boris Johnson references designated locations, designated locations. Nobody really knows what that means. But there is an implication there that there will be some locale, some locus, some place where this action of customs checking might take place. Now, that is what will be deemed very provocative and potentially dangerous. Now, let me, let me draw attention to something else that Alison was discussing with you. Um, the T-shirt, Leo Varadkar, is very specific and has been very specific. When Boris Johnson was saying the British will not be parties to any infrastructure along the border or near the border in terms of customs. There will be no customs checking, he was saying at one stage uh, in Northern Ireland uh, at the hands of the British government. But at that stage, Leo Varadkar was saying, as a member of the European Union, he was obliged to protect the integrity of the territory of the European Union, and his border was the, was the single land border in, in this area, and therefore he would be obliged to have some uh, checks in terms of whatever movement of product was taking place in the Republic of Ireland. And I've been asking my question, myself this question repeatedly. Would anybody on the southern side involved 
in the work as outlined by the Taoiseach, monitoring material crossing the border into the Republic of Ireland, would those people be vulnerable? Would, would anybody consider attacking those people uh, should that eventuality arise? It's an imponderable, I don't know. There are so many questions that are hanging in the air and we heard a few times over the last 24 hours a variety of politicians and contributors saying that Boris Johnson doesn't really understand the border in Ireland. He doesn't understand the geography, the social climate, the atmosphere, the general opinion on the the turf, so to speak. Is, Is that fair commentary? Uh, yes, I would say that's quite valid. But historically, like, you know, historically, Frank, I've read the biographies and the autobiographies of Margaret Thatcher and all these people, Tony Blair and everything. At one stage, Tony, uh, Margaret Thatcher wanted to draw a straight line from Fermanagh to, to South Down and literally seal the border. Just put a straight line, a wall, build a wall. Like, that's how naive she was. That's what she was suggesting at one stage. Now, she was probably the quintessence, the real quintessence of absolute ignorance about Northern Ireland at that time. But despite that, she did some extraordinary things. She signed the Anglo-Irish Agreement. Uh, She she liaised directly with the hunger strikers. Out of her ignorance, she did some extraordinary things. But the the, the point is, if there's a designated location... (coughs) For, uh, for this checking of, of products, etc., customs checking, that will be problematical. Now, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't necessarily uh, say much more about that because I wouldn't want to uh, say anything that might encourage people or give people ideas. Look, there's no doubt about it, Frank. I'm a border man. I was right within two miles of the border on the northern side. You can take it from me. The border economists, that's a euphemism I use, the border economists are working day and night to examine how they can best exploit the changing circumstances in the aftermath of the Brexit. They'll be working day and night to see is there any monetary economic advantage and which way will we move the product to, to get a turnaround. That's instinctive, it's intuitive, it's in the genes, it's been going on ever since the state was established, the two states were established. Finally, Eamon, considering everything we've heard from you and from Alison Morris on this programme in the last 23 minutes, why are the DUP so in favour of this? Well, I listened very, very, very carefully to what Geoffrey Donaldson is saying. And you can take it from me, it's a continuum of DUP policy. Their big thing is hollowing out all cross-border bodies. He is literally diminishing the relevance of the Republic of Ireland numerically in terms of its importance to the Northern Ireland economy. His argument is we in Northern Ireland ship and export more into Great Britain than to any other place in the world. So the big responsibility and the big, big uh, liability they feel they have is to make sure that the customs union, the same customs system, obtains between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK so that nothing militates against uh, the, the, the union in terms of how they see the world. Their lean on Boris Johnson has been the concept of consent in Parliament buildings. Now, 
Boris Johnson used the term parallel consent. Now, whether he understands it, that would suggest that uh, both sides of the community would have a, a veto on uh, any change of that set being in the single market, as all products in Northern Ireland crossing the border would be with Northern Ireland is being treated as if it were in the single market. Our products here would have European standards, etc. But essentially, as long as either party of the big parties would have a veto, that means the DUP essentially could, within four years, if we had an assembly, and I doubt, Frank, given what's going on and given the implications of this Brexit and given this, uh, what, what would be deemed as a DUP veto, I doubt if, the, if, if any, any nationalist party is going to rush back to, to Stormont to facilitate ongoing uncertainty down the line. But the Democratic Unionist Party see Britain as a big friend, as a big export market, and uh, as far as I can see, they're in the business of peripheralizing and marginalizing the Republic of Ireland. And Nigel Dodds' comment was quite interesting. He said, um, he said to Leo Varadkar yesterday, stop and think. He didn't say young man, but he was close to saying it. You are going to go down in history as the man who put a hard border on the island of Ireland. So it's getting very tricky. It's getting very difficult. And the, 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 the tone of the language is not improving as the days pass by. Eamon, thank you very, very much indeed. Thanks to Alison Morris as well from the Irish News. The morning's flying by, Friday morning. Good morning. What are you up to this weekend? Uh, do uh, let us know uh, what's on your mind today. Feel free to share your thoughts with us. 028-90-33-105. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.